Hey ninjas and ninjets, and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja. In this episode, I'm joined by Jared Falk from Drumio. Now, Drumio is a drum lesson platform, if you like. Many of you will know I'm an ex-professional drummer. And when I was a professional drummer and when I was starting to sell information and training to drummers, one of the guys that was really dominating in that space was Jared. And at the time he was running a website called freedrumlessons.com. And what he was basically doing is sharing loads of really good content. He was driving people to email lists and then selling them courses. That's how the business worked. Now, I started Exposure Ninja and he's been continuing to grow Drumio. And it's really interesting to see how the business has grown. So in this episode, we dig into all sorts of stuff. The story behind how he's built the business, how they've turned a business which was purely focused on him into more of a platform and they've widened their the roster of educators. So really useful if you're running a training company. But also Jared shares his strategy on organic traffic. So organic traffic from search, organic traffic from YouTube, organic traffic from Facebook. And I think you'll find it really interesting because actually he takes a slightly different approach to the approach that we normally use to Exposure Ninja. So really interesting. He's a super interesting guy. He's built a really successful business with ridiculous traffic numbers. So I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. Anyway, if you want some free help with your digital marketing, then don't forget to head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. And fill in your details. We'll give you a review of your current digital marketing. We'll take a look at what your competitors are doing. And we'll film you a 20 minute video, which gives you a prioritized list of things that you can do to generate more leads and sales for your website. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the episode with Jared. Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So for those who don't know you, um, maybe you could tell us a bit about your background and uh, give us an overview of what the Drumio empire looks like. Sure. So I basically, we started uploading videos around 2003. And so I always tell people that was like way before YouTube and Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. So I've kind of seen many, many different seasons of the the online space throughout those years. And, and so we started off selling downloads and then that didn't really work because people weren't really comfortable with downloads back then. So then we went to selling DVDs and we did that for probably five or six years. Got pretty good at publishing DVDs. And, uh, and then in 2011 is when we launched, we call it Drumio Edge, and that's basically our subscription service. And that started off as just like a really small library of videos that people would pay like $37 a month to sign up for and they could learn drumming. But now it's turned into something where you pay, it's 29 bucks a month or $200 a year and you get a new video lesson every day. That's essentially what, what that is. And so people can get a sense of the scale. Are you, having, are you happy talking about what sort of traffic numbers, just complete ballpark figures that you're looking at? Yeah, so like, like I said, because we've seen so many seasons of the the internet when it comes to marketing, we've been in the season, like the heydays of Google AdWords, where you could convert people for $2. So we got really into pay-per-click advertising and we still do that. We still do some Google ads. We got uh, really into search engine optimization. So we started, we, we put up a bunch of like microsites. We own like 400 domain names. We had all these like, you know, all these 
those link charts set up where we like cross linked our, our all of our websites and, and built out content for each one of them that was totally unique. So we do a lot, we did lots of SEO and now we've got into like social, lots of social marketing as well. So, you know, Facebook ads, organic Facebook marketing, and then YouTube has been really great for us as well. And so when it comes to traffic, I think it's between 30 and 50,000 people a day go to the website properties. When it comes to like impressions or views, like I think we get two to three million views per month on YouTube and there's around 600,000 subscribers there. You know, and then the social platforms all do really, really well. Like our Facebook page does really well for, for video. And we push a lot of, of video on there. And that does really good organically just with all the shares and stuff. That's awesome, dude. It's really impressive to see what you've built. Is it safe to say that you are the world number one for online drum lessons? <laughs> you you are safe. in ranking. You are in it's, traffic, I've checked. <laughs> it's, sa it's safe for you to say that, but uh, I'll, I'll let you say that if you want. That makes me feel good because <laughs> I'm, I'm really competitive. We don't necessarily, like, I definitely am, I'm a competitive person. And I, like I tell all my staff here, I don't like to do something so I could follow someone else. Like, I really, I like to be a leader. I'm not saying I always am. That's always my goal is like, if I'm going to do anything, if we're going to get into teaching drums online, I want to be the leader in that space. So that's always my goal. Cool. So I, I want to ask you about traffic generation and all the different properties and stuff that you've got in, in, in just a minute but first maybe you could take us through like mid-2000s you were I don't want to say just a drummer but this wasn't in existence was it so how did you get from that to being the guy who owns all the drum lesson sites what was the story well I think it was like you know you've heard the saying it, it was an overnight success that just lasted 10 years or 15 years now and so it's not like it all just happened like i said like we went through seasons so when we started out we started out just doing pay-per-click advertising so we put up like like a landing page selling a product we didn't you didn't do any squeeze pages then because people would see a web page with the buy button on it and they would just seem to buy <laughs> that was the heyday back then and so we basically started off just doing google ads and eventually we got hit with that Google slap. I don't know if, if you remember that, but that's kind of like an infamous thing from back in the day where Google basically told a bunch of their advertisers that they don't want their money anymore and they don't like your website. You have to improve your websites if you want to continue advertising on their platform. So overnight, our sales just basically plummeted. So we went from you know doing really well to basically almost being out of business. So then we're like, okay, well, we can't, we can't rely all on one traffic source anymore. And so we need to do Google ads. We need to conform to those, those specific standards because we know that there's customers there, but we also need to diversify our traffic sources more. And so then we got heavily into SEO. And so that's when, you know, we, we started studying what, you know, what are the best practices? You know, obviously there's the basic foundational things like, you know, making sure you have sound metadata, you have good keyword density, you cross-link your articles, you have lots of inbound links from other websites, you know, all those like kind of basic things that everyone now knows, but at the time, we, our minds are like blown just reading this stuff because, we're, because it was all like brand new, right? So then we got in, we did a little bit of that. And then once that, that's kind of like with SEO, you kind of like set it up and then you just sit there and wait. 
because you know there's people that say they can get things ranked in 24 hours or stuff like that but it's uh you know occasionally that can happen but it's there's no guarantee and so it's one of those things that we just set up and then we just let it simmer and and a big part of that was we did freedrumlessons.com and so we bought like a really keyword rich domain like it was a premium domain at the time i think it was like a thousand dollars which was a lot of money at the time <laughs> so we, we bought that for like i think a thousand or eleven hundred dollars and we built out we, we filmed a bunch of videos and it was basically one of like the first big video websites that just gave people all the information they needed to start learning how to play drums so that that was huge and that became like a like something that people just naturally shared and, th- and that's what we wanted that's kind of my philosophy with SEO is just create content that's so good that people have to share it rather than trying to game the system and and emailing people for links and doing like so many, there's so many like borderline black hat or gray hat techniques that that I just don't like at all. Just to, just, I want to ask you about freedomlessons.com. So at the time you were selling DVD courses, right? Was that your main revenue generator? There was someone in the marketplace selling smaller dvd packs like you'd buy one dvd with maybe a book so we chose to go the other route and we sold and published these massive dvd packs like our biggest one was like 20 dvds and 15 cds we sourced all of the printing and packaging from this company in china and so because we had to like our first quote on public on like actually just printing the dvd thing was like 150 per unit which obviously that's like what we were going to sell it for. So, so we found a company in China. Actually, I think that was through Alibaba way back in the day. They then we had we had a few partners set up that could do our our print and our replication in China. But yeah, that was our main source of of revenue. So you set up freedrumlessons.com as a kind of, as as a way to pick up traffic so that you could bounce them into some kind of funnel to sell them the courses, right? Was that your? Yeah, but but it was. I think the intent was different at the time our intent at the time and this was really inspired by my my business partner at the time we really just wanted to create something that would absolutely benefit the community and we knew one of the you know the other stuff would follow but our intent at, at the beginning was just to create something amazing for drummers so there was actually like we had like a no advertising policy on the website for like pretty much the first year i actually would like to go back and look at the the Wayback Machine to uh, to see what the website looked like originally, but there is like no advertising. There's maybe an email sign up form, but I'm not even sure about that. Like it was very just much. It was very much just like let's just create a resource that's that's very approachable that everyone's going to want to link to because they don't feel like we have ulterior motives that people can actually use in their drumming to get better. So you you basically wanted to create this property which was big in the market, which introduced you to a lot of people. How else were you generating sales of the DVDs then? Was it just people were just finding it? You know, do you have other properties at that time as well that you were selling through? Yes. So we also, like we, we, we basically found all the most popular and commercially viable keywords, which you can learn about through pay-per-click advertising, right? So if a keyword like learn to play drums was doing well for us, we went and bought the domain name. So we bought Learn to Play Drums for like $5,000, uh, I think around 5000 from someone. And we built out content on that website. And then now we are ranking number one for that keyword. 
same we did the same with like how to play drums.com we did the same with like learning drums.com learn how to play drums.com uh drum lessons.com drummer lessons.com drumming lessons.com we we you know, we we own all of those and there's i think there's content on all of them so that was basically what we did to try and like diversify ourselves from getting in that same predicament that we were in with the google slap prior so freedrumlessons.com and then you went over to you know drumlessons.com and you bought these other domains as well how did that eventually turn into what has become drumio well, basically, we're at one point where we're just like, there's too many websites to manage because we want to like, we want to change the messaging for like a promotion or for something. It's like, oh, we got to go to these, you know, like 30 different websites, maybe or 40 different websites. So we said we we need we needed kind of a universal brand that everything would, you know, a hub that everyone would go to, and freedrumlessons.com was. The, the website that was getting the majority of the traffic. Like I think at the time it was, it would, it would get around 10,000 people, 10,000 uniques a day. And that's just on the website. That's not even including like all the video sharing channels that we were on. But one thing we didn't like about it is when someone goes to freedrumlessons.com, they're going for free. That's like the whole, that's in the name of the website. And so the commercial intent was just seemed a little bit lower. So we we wanted to choose something that was a little bit more flexible when it came to you know us selling products and us offering free resources. And so we chose originally it was Drumio. The Drumio we chose was with an I O, but the person that has that name they wanted like fifty thousand dollars for it, and we're just like we're not going to pay that. So we went and got the one with the E O, and it was like nine ninety nine. So <laughs> <laughs> no competition. Yeah, exactly. When you went from drumlessons.com to, to Drumio, you also, at some point, you've changed it around a bit because most of the early lessons were featuring you and was it Mike Macalco? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you started adding in some other people. I remember when you came out with the course with Cobus, it was like, oh, that's such a good idea because he has so much authority in this market. Yeah. So it makes so much sense. And now you've gone to having loads and loads of different drummers from all around. So how did you kind of decide to go from it just being you to adding in these other tutors? Well, I remember that the, the day we decided to go that route, we I had a meeting with my business partner. We were talking about like what where we wanted the actual business to go, like what how do we want it to look three years from now? And so we started thinking about, you know, is right now is mostly based off of me. Like I think 75% or more than that of the videos were me like all the promotions were um, like it was me pitching it i didn't mind that but i was kind of like from a drumming perspective i was like what else can i teach you know i'm just kind of like i don't i'm so busy at work i don't even have enough time to like go and rediscover new things in the drums like i'm I'm running out of stuff and so we we said well do you know do we want to be like the oprahs of the marketplace where you know oprah has She's not an expert in everything, but she has a lot of authority through the interviews that she does and through the products that she supports. Um, and she's basically like, she acts as almost a conduit between her audience and whoever's trying to access that audience. And so I chose to go that route. And you'll see other people in our marketplace who have chosen to do their own lesson websites. Like the entire website is just based off of them. It's even in the name, right? But we we chose to 
to go somewhere different because I don't want to be Oprah, but I'd rather I'd rather not it all not just be based around me. And so I grew up with like a bunch of different teachers. I had lots of perspective when it came to education. And I think that's like a really healthy approach. So that that's where we're at now is like, I, I still do lessons. I, I'm still involved, but we really focus on bringing in other instructors to help deliver the information, which I think has been a really like positive thing for the entire brand. Was it a scary thing? Did it feel like a risk to start doing that when your audience was so used to just hearing from you? It wasn't, it wasn't a risk. It was actually, it, it was hard because we had to go and explain to people what we were trying to do and because we were asking them to come on to our website and film videos. And the hard part about that is in the music industry, it's like when you record something like an album or whatever, there's royalties and there's like there's a process to getting paid to do that work. Whereas with this new kind of media, everything's changing. So when it comes to royalties, when it comes to how artists are paid and how artists earn money, like everything's changed. And so we are now having to, you know, approach artists and say, hey, here's what we want to do. Here's how you're going to get paid. It's different than you've gotten paid in the past. It's not like we're selling a DVD. We're not selling the video, essentially. We're creating a library of videos that we're selling access to. So yeah, every, everything has changed. So that was really hard is convincing the, the, the first initial run of artists to, to come out. And, but once, they, once it, that kind of got the ball rolling, like once we've done it, did it a few times, then it became easier and easier. And now we hardly reach out to anyone. Most people just like contact us and then we'll book them in. That's awesome. I mean, the roster you've got is, is is stunning. So I imagine it helps when you've got some people signed up and then there's a bit of social proof, a bit of credibility there that these other high profile players have, have joined. So it must be okay. So I guess it's just one of these things where once you get those first people in, then the snowball starts to, to pick up a bit more momentum. Yeah, we had a few good relationships with drum companies like Yamaha in particular was great because they have artists and they're looking to get exposure for the artists and for their drums. And so we worked with them on um, bringing in some artists and, and that was kind of a great way to, to, to partner with like a bigger brand to connect with the artists because the artist already has a relationship with that brand. And so that helped us build trust. And it's been great for those initial few artists. Like the, all the, all of our first videos have the most views. All, all of these, these videos that people are recording, they're all going into this, this library and then you're selling membership to that library isn't it that's the core drumio product it's the annual membership yeah so but when the artists come out we we do two sessions where one is where they film like that live lesson and that goes on youtube and that's totally for free anyone can watch it and they can promote whatever they want in there so we have artists that are coming out and and they're just put out a drum book or they've got a, a lesson website of their own or they're going on tour, they're releasing an album or, or something, and they, they're looking to promote that or bring awareness to that. And so that's been like a really good platform for them. We also film what's called a, a Drumio course, which is like a series of five to eight shorter lessons. They're like five minutes long each, and they all build on a single topic. And so those are the ones that just go inside of Drumio, um, and are, we sell access to those. Okay, right. So these artists or for a lot of businesses, these would be the influencers in their market. So the influencers coming to you because it's a way that they can get access to an audience of, of drummers. 
but then they're also giving you this content which you can put in your membership which you then sell yeah exactly so so it's a, it's a nice trade-off where they get a ton of exposure they get a ton of you know they get access to our audience a lot of the, our videos have like millions of views now but then we also get you know access to their brands and it's like the association factor right so now we can say this artist has been on drumio and they're an instructor and that's obviously helpful in, in promoting the website so has, has drumio's growth to date been self-funded have you guys ever taken investment uh no no investors so it's all it's all been bootstrapped you know we, we take on some we've taken on some debt to like build the studio like we have a pretty nice facility now so i think that that's pretty much it but no investors that's awesome so i'd I'd love to talk a bit about youtube because obviously it's one of your i'd imagine it's one of your biggest traffic sources and it's how i first came across you guys your youtube channel has six hundred thousand subscribers at the moment as you say your videos get millions of views have have you consciously built this is it just you're putting content out there and you're just seeing what happens or are there ways that you've you've shared those videos and particularly for the videos earlier in the in the channel's life were there ways that you're promoting that and and generating subscribers youtube for us is it's simply like a channel or or a tool like it's it's one of those ways that we generate traffic but my philosophy around traffic generation is like never never put all your eggs in one basket never build your entire brand on rented land, but always utilize the tools that are, are working the best. And so YouTube does work well for us, but I wouldn't say it's our best converting. I don't think it's our best converting channel. It's just one of our channels that does really, really well. And I think it, it helps to build community, build relationship with our audience and just overall build the brand. But when it comes to content creation there, I think the same approach for content creation that we use for social, we'll, we'll use a similar approach on on YouTube. That's maybe not always the best, but that's where we're at right now. I guess you're picking up, you're picking up new people on YouTube in a number of ways because you're featuring these influencers, these, in, in your case, the drummers. You've got videos which are optimized for their names. So anybody who's searching for whatever, Thomas Prigdon drum lesson or whatever, they're going to find one of the, they're going to find the video on on your site. So they're going to become familiar with your brand. And then you've also got the kind of more general drum lesson phrases. That's, it's going to be a super informational search, isn't it? So it's exactly the sort of stuff that people will be looking for on YouTube. Like how, how are you driving people from YouTube back to the site? You mentioned that you don't think it's necessarily your best converting thing. Is this something that you just feel people are just consuming the content free and not coming over or is there any kind of lead magnets that you're using to drive them back onto the drumio site the majority of people who view the videos don't sign up or don't come to the website they're simply just going and looking for that quick shot of uh inspiration or education or whatever and then they leave and they're they're on their merry way because youtube is obviously trying to keep people on youtube that's most beneficial for them so we, we do some stuff where like within the videos, we'll, we'll pitch a trial, but those never, you know, they never do that good based on how many views you get. It's more of a, a branding thing. Like we don't have a lot of, like, I don't even know, like the, the YouTube has cards, they have annotations that are, are kind of being phased out from what I, I understand. And, but we don't, we don't really track like how many people are getting driven from YouTube to our website and then converting into customers. It's just like the, the like the life cycle and the flow of customers these days is is 
you know, it's, it's become so convoluted because, mm. you know, it's not like someone just like searches Thomas Pridgen, sees a drumming lesson, watches it and then goes and signs up. You know, it's much more, it, I think the, the life cycle is a lot longer. Like the time when they first see your brand to when they sign up is, is it could be like, it could be three months or longer. Like some people message me and say, they've been following me for a year and they finally signed up. That's just the reality of the marketplace. And, and that's what's making it so hard for new businesses starting out is you have to have the time to just like wait. You got to wait out your customers. You got to really build value over a long period of time, be consistent in providing that value. And then eventually you will be rewarded. But you have to be able to wait that long. If the, the customer journey is so kind of convoluted and, and mixed up, how do you guys decide where to focus your marketing time? How do you know, for example, that YouTube is an important channel for you or it's generating an ROI compared to something like, say, Facebook? Like Facebook Organic, we, we don't really necessarily track the success of our efforts when it comes to organic marketing. But when it comes to any sort of paid advertising where we're trading you know, dollars for for clicks or for impressions or whatever, that those are the things we track. The things that are, the, the things that are easier to track. Whereas a, someone coming from YouTube, like we could add track links and stuff like that, but I don't see the same return there. I, I just like people on on those types of platforms like YouTube. As soon as they know you're you're really trying to move them to your website or really trying to like market to them or sell to them, they basically just leave. That that those markets aren't as commercially. That they don't. That the commercial intent isn't the same, especially in the beginning. So it just takes a long time. So we focus on like, like we'll we'll create like a page like we have this page called the Forty Rudiments page, and it's this like whole resource where someone could learn the rudiments and track their progress. And there's all these animated uh, gifs on the page. There's videos of each rudiment. It's like a lot of value. So we'll send people to that page. They'll go there, they'll experience it, and then we'll do some retargeted retargeted advertising through Facebook and through YouTube and stuff like that. That does really, really well, and that allows us to to track more with when it comes to our efforts. So it, it sounds really interesting because on the one hand, we're saying that you know it's, it's going to be useful for branding and it's useful to kind of get out there, and you're obviously putting a lot of attention and, and time and energy into YouTube. But then on the other hand, it's kind of you don't feel like it's maybe adding a huge amount of direct commercial value to the business. It's just what well, I'm trying to figure out. Is it just you like to be visible in the market? You like to be the most visible in the market and you're hoping that some of that will lead to brand loyalty and eventually conversions down the line. It seems knowing how uh, how well you've built this and how considered or you know how effectively it's been built, it seems, yeah, sli- slightly, there's a little bit of a, discontinuity or, or it feels like, <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> you thought you thought you thought it was like more tracked like it was like super strategic like we're gonna we're gonna like put out this video on youtube and then we're gonna you know get the customers to come to our website through this type of link and then we're gonna track them and it's just like we could do that but the time that we'd spent sent you know spend setting all that up and and you know we'd have to have someone managing it to like actually act on the data if if you don't if you don't like review the data or look at it, it's pretty much useless, right? The whole the whole point in having data is so you can make decisions based on on that data. And so for for me, it's like I can't see a scenario in which we'd set it up and and 
do anything different or change anything. Like when it comes to utilizing our YouTube channel, we do all the best practices. Like when it comes to tagging videos, when it comes to creating really, really sticky content that's shareable, we, we look at stats like viewer attention, like what's our, what's our average watch time? And right now our average watch time, I think is like five and a half or six minutes, which if you, if you research that kind of stuff, like that's incredible. Those are the types of things I focus on because I just think the revenue is going to follow. Like how can it not? If someone's, if the average watch time in our videos is, is five minutes, People are obviously engaging with the brand. And so we'll spend all of our time new and better content. We'll spend lots of our time. Uh, we do marketing, but we our, our ad spend and our tracking is all generally related to paid advertising, like retargeting, paid uh, Facebook ads, paid Google ads. That's where we, we really track the results of that kind of stuff. But I, when it comes to like the Thomas Pridgen video that we spent money filming, we brought him out, we paid him a fee, we all that kind of stuff. We don't necessarily, I don't know how much I've made from the Thomas Pridgen lesson. I don't know if I've made anything. I'm, I'm assuming we have, but I don't know. Maybe maybe someone in your audience or someone out there will be like, oh, this is the this is the way you could do it. That'll be super easy. And you could you could track all of it. But and that would be really cool if, if they did have that. <laughs> but but it would be like, I don't know if it even worked though, because you know the saying like fifty percent of your marketing is working great. You just don't know which fifty percent it is, yeah. and that's kind of how I feel when it comes to like organic marketing. When it comes to like putting videos on Facebook, like we just had a video that got like a thousand shares and it has like a quarter million views. Like, what is what is the value of that on Facebook? You know, two hundred fifty thousand people are exposed to the Drumio brand. There's no direct link in the post. You know, what is the, what is the value? I don't know. I'm 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 assuming that it's good. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. that's a little bit naive, but uh, I can't see 250,000 brand impressions being a bad thing. No, no. Well, clearly, what you've done is you've built. I'm going to call it the largest drumming educational organic visibility on on every network, and obviously that's turned into a successful business. I guess I I wish I had your balls to be kind of confident that the two are correlated. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little more anal in wanting to know that every single thing is turning into whatever, but it's 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 clearly working. And I, I guess the other thing that you've that you've done on all of these channels is you've built up huge audiences that when you do want to run some Facebook ads or you do want to run some YouTube retargeting you've got massive audiences there because you've built up such huge organic visibility by just purely being about adding as much value as possible and not asking for the conversion, not kind of soiling that, if you like. It's just, you're just purely giving, aren't you? Yeah, and, and you, you run an agency, right? So you do client service work. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so when a client, like, because I've worked with agencies before, uh, I've done client work for people and I've also paid as the client. And so if I'm paying as the client or if I was ever working for a client, you know, that client, if they have 10 grand or 20 grand that they're doing on a, on a spend, they want to know how much money they made back. So that's where you are almost forced to have to prove that return on investment for them. And and in business startups, like if someone's just starting up, like people always ask me if they should do paid ads or if they should do this or they should do that. And my thing is, is if you if you're doing any sort of paid promotion, especially in just the startup phase, if you can't track it, you 
shouldn't really be doing it. Especially, especially in the beginning, because your money is like, if you run out of money, your business is done. Right. And so that money, you have to be so, so diligent with how that is spent. You have to be such a good steward of, of that money. If you're not, then you, you're screwed. And so every business has its seasons. And so we're now in the, in the place where we love to do that type of branding marketing, just like, you know, Coca-Cola will, will put a, you know, a, a banner on the hockey rink, right? My, I got to give my Canadian, uh, my Canadian <laughs> hockey reference here, but you know, Coke will put like a banner on the hockey rink. How do they know what the return on that is? They probably they would they would probably spend ten grand a year on that and have no idea how much that little banner on the boards in the hockey rink actually made them as a, on a return. Like that business is huge. We're in a we're in a very very small niche like the drum education niche is, is tiny yeah that's that's kind of my feeling around that it's like there is the branding market a uh, marketing that you can do and if you can do it cheaply that's even better because then you don't have to worry about what your return is and you can just test things and now everyone has their phones they can easily just film a video and put out value and it doesn't cost them anything other than time but if you're doing like an ad spend or you're doing like a, a specific like campaign then do your best to like track that spend and work with a, a company like, like yourself, if you can, who has the knowledge on actually how to track that stuff. Because I think that's really, really important in the early stages of any business. Oh, okay. I, I want to ask you about, for example, a, a paid campaign then that you, that you would be tracking. So you mentioned the, the 40 rudiments post. So what you've done there is you've created an awesome piece of content, which people check out and, and then you retargets them on Facebook and YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. So take, for example, the, the, the Facebook campaign, what would be the sort of Facebook campaign that you'd run to follow up a, a post like that? Like to follow up like the 40 rudiments? Then? Yeah, like what would be your goal? Are you looking to drive someone to a, like a sign up for something which is related to the 40 rudiments? Are you looking to try and bounce them straight into a membership? Yeah, no, definitely not straight into a membership. We've tested both when it comes to that. So there's some, you know, there's there's like a, a what is it called, a reverse opt-in where you provide some value first and then ask them for the opt-in afterwards. And, and the 40 rudiments is kind of a hybrid of that. And so when they go there, they get some value, they can view videos, they can learn uh, about the rudiments. But if they want to track their progress, with what they're doing. So if they want to like know where they are with single stroke roll or what the rudiments they completed, and they want to add specific rudiments to a list so they can kind of, you know, organize their practice time. That's when, where then they'll be required to sign up with their email address. And then we do, we do other stuff as well, where it's just like a, a front end opt-in. Like we have something called the ultimate drummers toolbox. And it's like a bunch of stuff that, that we give to the students when they sign up with their email address. And so we, we do a little bit of both there. And, and in that case, like we will track the, the, the cost per opt-in, like the, the cost per subscriber. And then we'll track the, you know, over those people over the next three months, three to six months to see how many of those actually converted into buyers. And then we'll know whether or not our ad spend was effective or not. So are you always looking to generate an email and then the email is how you make the majority of your sales? Is that... Is that accurate? Yeah, I think email is still the best, like one of the best converting 
channels, but it's very much supported by everything else. Okay, no, it's, it's super interesting. I, I think it's absolutely fascinating to to see behind the scenes of of, of such a big info product and other info business. And it's been really interesting for me personally to see how how you've grown over time. I'm just curious, going back to the days when it was just railroad media compared to where you guys are at now, what are the main kind of ways that you feel you've personally grown in a marketing capacity? What are the things that you wish you'd really known if if you were to grow that business quicker back in the day? Always focusing on providing value first. We we started doing that in around 2007. And I think that was that was great. Like we should have started doing that in 2002 or 2003. And that would have been better. So that's like one of the, the first things I recommend to people, especially just starting out. Another thing is, is like I mentioned before, is a lot of people I find that they're building everything in one place. Like I work with so many people who just have their YouTube channel and that's basically their only, their, their only source of traffic, their only source of revenue. And that's, I think, a little bit dangerous because things like things change so quickly, right? Like when Facebook really started pushing video more in the last, like, I guess, two years, you know, we've noticed a, a significant decrease in the amount of YouTube views. And now those views are basically being transferred to Facebook. So if your whole platform was on YouTube, you'd be kind of, you'd be in trouble. Maybe not. It depends on how strong your network is. Yeah, th- those are those are a couple of things that I wish I would have known right off the bat. There's some other like, you know, when it comes to like managing the business, like I have 25 staff now and, you know, it's become something where it's not a huge business, but a lot of my time is spent just like managing people. And, you know, I'm focusing on trying to become a better leader, having a a very clear, solid vision, you know, establishing company values that, that we can unite the staff over. You know, so that that's the kind of stuff that I'm really like. That's top of mind to me right now. I'm not as much in the, to the day to day of the marketing as I used to be. Although I love the marketing stuff. So if I wasn't doing this, I would I would do like digital marketing. I think it's I think it's so much fun because you can you can get feedback so quickly uh, in this day and age on your campaigns. I can you can tell from the business that the uh, when the owner loves digital marketing it just you can just immediately tell can't you <laughs> Yeah well it's fun man it's like digital marketing is awesome I don't know it maybe it's because you can have you can make such like a, a huge impact on a on a business like especially if some if a business isn't doing digital and then they start doing digital like my my dad has a, a big farm and they're like I think they just like updated their website in the last couple of years like they have no digital presence and so it would be so fun to like go into that and you know they have like 150 staff uh it'd be fun to go into that and be like okay let's let's you know turn this around make this more of a digital business and it's so much easier to grow when there's you're starting from zero because anything is uh a huge increase at that point yeah it's it's super rewarding to see a business that yeah as as i know We've, we've done quite a lot of websites for people where they've just come in with an idea and we've kind of helped them hone the idea, built them a site, and then now they have a successful business. And uh, you just look through the roster and you see these companies and you're like, oh yeah, that was that was Andy. He just came to me and he had an idea for something and now like he's a company. And that's yeah. the beauty of the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's crazy. Like, And a lot of people 
when it comes to digital marketing services, like the, especially client services, the good companies, I think they're all like underpriced even. Like like you could pay a, a really good digital marketing company if they could actually, if they actually know what they're doing and they can, you know, build, the, build that website that's going to take you, your business to the next level. Like, you know, a lot of companies only charge like, you know, 75 bucks an hour or hundred bucks an hour, but the value that those companies are getting in return is just massive. Like it's, it's life-changing for their business for the next like 10 years. So everyone should pay us more. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> Depends how good you are. <laughs> I, think you, I think you'd be pretty good. So <laughs> I'm a drummer. We can't be bad, right? Exactly. Uh, where can people find out a bit more about you personally and follow you and also Drumio? Yeah, so to follow Drumio, you can just search Drumio on any of the channels. We're primarily on Instagram and Facebook and then YouTube. And you can also go to the website, go to drumio.com. To follow me, you can go to my Instagram. It's like at Jared Falk Drummer, or you can find me on Facebook as well, which is the same thing, Jared Falk Drummer. Jared, it's been absolute such a pleasure to have you on um, thank you so much for your time and thank you everyone for tuning in yeah thanks Tim thanks for having me